Grog. Hey everyone, Peter here. This show got a little bit silly and some of the language is um, maybe not bleepable but uh, a little bit offensive. So if you've got any kids around, then probably don't let them listen to it. All right, cheers, enjoy. Hey everyone, it's the Sideshow Podcast with me, Peter Fickling, Kerry Warbis and Matthew Weir. Um, so guys, Harrison has no idea who he is. Um, do you know who you are? I'm Matthew Weir. And I'm Kerry Warbis. Pleased to meet you. <laughs> yeah, I think I was christened as well. And I've never really given it two thoughts until people asked on Twitter whether I had been or not. And I don't think it shaped me in any way. I was thinking about it this morning ahead of the pod and I, you know, I don't, obviously I don't remember being baptized because, um, you know, because rather traditionally it was done when I was a kid, but I do <laughs> remember not being confirmed. Like I was given the chance to be, be confirmed or go to um, Andrew's house uh, where he had a new, I think it was a, an, a Commodore and I chose the Commodore <laughs> and it went absolutely bananas at me. So a, con- a confirmation 64. <laughs> yeah um and i and i i thought i thought the vicar the relevance is obviously that like you know i made a i made a choice i made a, 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 a an adult a comparatively adult choice to not embrace the lord and to go in the direction of uh, little pixelated characters you're, you're winning at the game of life though peter this is yeah. amazing isn't it what is the difference between being christened and baptized is baptized catholic i'm really dense at these types of things i thought they were synonymous i thought they were the same thing why do people call them a diff- the different names well that kind of gets to my central problem with the the whole plot line is harrison's lack of adventure so i could have bought into a plot line that was harrison has had a crisis of uh you know the the, the existential question of who am i mm. like we said at the beginning and then he then tries to look around for places to find himself and you know him turning to is like salam alaikum jim do you have any idea what speed you were going like you know if he converts to islam or something <laughs> then that would have been a really interesting plot line but he's he hasn't even looked around the abrahamic religions he hasn't even looked around christianity he's just gone c of e it's what i know it's what's here and that's what i think i'm finding quite boring. yeah on top of that, being a policeman, he didn't. He, it didn't even occur to him to ask his parents about the christening when Fallon suggested <laughs> that. He went, oh, you're right, Fallon. Thank you. I'll ring them up now. I didn't think of that. Is there a reason I've never been promoted out of the village? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was stunningly... I don't know if that was on purpose by the scriptwriters because we all slate him for being terrible as a police officer, but that was genius. I liked how Fallon had a fear, like she said to Jolene, but what if this is just the first step and then he'll start going around Ambridge, knocking on doors, handing out leaflets? Have you thought about Scientology? I'll stop doing my Harrison's. It it wouldn't, yeah. I mean, it wouldn't be Jehovah's Witnesses. Harrison's got problems with Witnesses, hasn't he? Very good. But I think fair enough to, at an older age, have these questions about religion. Yeah. But but the fact that it he feels like he's a different person because he wasn't baptised or christened when he thought he had been, that's a bit of a stretch, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's kind of hinted at with the whole confirmation and baptism thing or, or confirmation and christening thing, isn't it? Like your parents make a decision to invite you into the church as a small child and then as an adult, you then... I mean, it's, it's in the title, isn't it? You confirm your commitment 
with a you know a, a later ceremony mm. and it's like a bar mitzvah for you know there's a reason the bar mitzvah doesn't happen it's a you know earlier it's a transition into adulthood isn't it mm. so i mean it does feel a bit it's kind of already that sense of angst is taken care of by the structure that he's buying into anyway and i do think it's mildly interesting that fallon is kind of thinking oh actually you know if he does embrace this completely and i don't because she she said she doesn't believe in any of it um yeah of course you can have couples who have different beliefs but it would be a sort of a bit of a concern wouldn't it where you're thinking oh hang on <laughs> is are things going to change majorly here I, I did march through from the kitchen to the sitting room and tell charlotte that she's under no circumstances to find the lord um <laughs> that's nice of um, you. <laughs> that's how it works right yeah, um, I, yeah. I mean, obviously, with a smile on my face and joking, but I've just been listening to that. I was listening to the archers. Yeah. And I was like, oh, God, I don't know how I would cope with that here. Like, if Charlotte suddenly was like, Oh, yeah, I've, um, you know, I'm now Kabbalah or Scientologist or whatever. I mean, given their similarity at one point, I just thought this might be a bit of propaganda for the church. And Alan had just dressed up as Harrison in a copper outfit, and Fallon hadn't noticed because their voices aren't that dissimilar, are they? And they are similarly mm. sort of affable, kind of bungling. Anodyne. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I like, I like, I think part of my irritation is I actually like Harrison. And maybe it just didn't, didn't ring true. Like he's quite a, he's always quite a down to earth practical guy. And like, I just, I don't know. I just feel like I just, I just was, uh, sorry to repeat myself. I was just a bit bored that it was, he was just going straight for C of E. I did like it when he said, what's the point of what we're doing? Like, yes, <laughs> what is the f***ing point? I've got a very lazy uh, storyline prediction here. Harrison likes to do a lot of wild swimming in the perch and they're going to baptise him in the river. That's what I think. Ah, mm. there are some theories that um, both Martha and Harrison will be baptised together. Yeah, that was and, into that, wasn't it, last night? Yeah, and an extension of that is that Alan will get the names mixed up and um, <laughs> Harrison will then have to be known as Martha from here on. Yeah, well, he's been a Spice Girl, so, you know, it, yeah. does, it does sort of work. He's, you know, he's comfortable um, playing with his um, gender identity. So, yeah. you know, won't be any issues there. I mean, the, other thing, the other thing that sort of um, irritated me about the plot line was that... Again, it's all about the CV. I mean, just cards on the table. I had I was massively overexposed to the Church of England as a kid. Like I was, there was a period from when I was between about seven to fifteen when I was going six times a week. So, mm. like you know, um, me and the Church of England, we we've spent enough time together. So I will admit an enormous bias. So you know, it, but but it's like, do they? It, if you if you are going to go for um, straight sort of go go for a Christian option. It would have been much more plausible and useful to talk about in, as a way of talking about modern Christianity to have him go and experiment with an evangelical charismatic church or something. Maybe he will. That, well, that, I mean, that might be quite fun if he mm. suddenly becomes all kind of like, you know, tambourine and um, guitar thumping. Mm. Yeah, it's possible, isn't it? This is early, early days of this storyline, isn't it? Oh God! Don't say that, Kerry. <laughs> Sorry. Don't say that. Well, you know, it's it's possible that it'll change, and he won't go directly to Alan and not pass go. Matthew has a guitar. Matthew has Jesus's hair. I mean, do you feel any kind of uh, leanings, Matthew? I don't actually, and I 
don't think there are any photos of baptisms or christenings in my family. Not Christian um, ones, anyway. The thuggy cult. Yeah. It's like, you course. know, your dad saw Indiana Jones in the Temple of Doom at a formative age, and then that's it. Exactly. Calamar. Um, <laughs> they do things differently in the West Country, don't they? They do, yes. Uh, living in Ireland, the confirmations are right, old ding dong. It's like uh, it's a big old beauty pageant almost. When I, when we were working in restaurants in Ireland, you know you have to get ready for this when what is traditionally a day when a lot of um, children are confirmed because they pack out the restaurants after the mm. ceremony. So Kenton should get all over this. Yeah, he could. He's. Right. He, I mean, it's it's better than. Um, I mean, what did we think of the different pitches this week? There was. Well, the fact that there were pitches in the first place. (laughs) (laughs) Can we address that? Yes. What? You know, again, it was kind of, oh, my God, I I just thought we'd done away with the mysteries just. Although Harrison keeps wanging on about it, about, you know, well, should I even have been Jesus? Um, Then, even though Valentine's is a month ahead, we're hearing about this Valentine's thing in every episode with every villager rocking up with their strange idea. Yeah, there was Tracy and Jazzers. Theirs was what, foursomes and <laughs> flavour or something? Four, I can't remember. Foreskins and forfeits. Oh, yes, that was it. And then there was um, lovely Jim with his mirror dancing <laughs> idea, which when he was describing it, he was just quoting the lyrics of Billy Idol's Dancing With Myself, I think. <laughs> and then there was the last one where, well, the first one was Leonard came in, but probably oh. last in order with his, with the living board game, mm-hmm. which was f- Find the Lover, which obviously is Brian. You just go around the pub until you find him. <laughs> but I liked it when he came in and said, now look, this is a bit weird. And they were like, oh, we like weird. <laughs> he was like, right, we're all going to get in this big capsule. <laughs> and get buried yeah get buried and then they're gonna dig us up in 50 years time uh, i am the living board <laughs> is that why you were listening <laughs> barely yeah I, I i did i did tweet that i would happily have listened to leonard describing the living board game for an hour in for the omnibus rather than anything else that happened this week that sums up as a better a funnier and better way of saying what i was going to try and say which is it was just lovely to hear from jim and from leonard Mm. and then when they started when kenton started dissing them and you know deciding that you know playing at being the dragon it i was oh no no then i mean the good news is is because of the way the archers works that probably means we're going to be getting a bit of leonard and jim Jim action over the next couple of months so that's quite fun that Jim's yeah. back, especially because he's interacting with Jazza. But just in terms of those scenes, it was like, yeah, it was like, oh, leave them alone. And they're being they're being lovely. And I'm really enjoying hearing from them. Yeah, it was when Jim started dancing with a chair that I began to worry. Doing his Clint Eastwood. Yeah. Uh, did you remember that? Yeah, when he brought the empty chair out to the Republican convention. Yeah, absolutely bananas. Wasn't the idea that that was meant to be Obama in the chair? Yeah. Yeah, it was a very, very embarrassing moment. Um, but uh, yeah, anyway, how annoying is Kenton? Is he the yeah. worst character in the Archers? Maybe. Consistently over the years. 
Yeah, he's very overbearing and judgmental. I know he was being literally a judge in this <laughs> these few episodes, but it suited him, didn't he? And he just loved going, we're out, for very pathetic reasons, one of which was that he did his leg in himself, which is his own bloody problem, isn't it? Uh, which seemed to arouse Jolene a lot. I was like, you know, I was like, uh, after everything we've been through this week, are we going to end up with Kenton and Jolene getting it on, on air, please? I would rather watch a video of my own birth than listen to that again. (laughs) I'd rather rather wank off to a video of myself wanking off than listen to that (laughs) again. Maybe that could be the Valentine's Night entertainment that Kenton (laughs) and Jolene have a live sex show. I must say that I can't, I, I can't take all the credit for that. That was from the famous magazine in Bristol in the early 90s, Bugs and Drugs, that used to have a section called Things Not to Think About on a Really Bad Hangover. And that was one of the options. <laughs> I had a good idea for the Valentine's Night thing, though. Go on. Which was, it's a game called We Love Drinking. <laughs> okay. It's an event, basically, where couples buy drinks in a pub. Crazy. This is, I mean, this is the fundamental problem with um, the Valentine's Night, isn't it? That it it takes environments that you normally love and turns them into horror. Like your favourite restaurant, they have to spit all the tables up into, you know, couples' tables. The atmosphere is just leached out because everyone's trying to have sincere and kind of lovey-dovey conversations. So, you know, just, yeah, stay at home, have a chicken bolty, and then go out the, go out the next week. I know it's a cliche comment, but, you know, why... Like you're saying, Kerry, a pub a pub already works. And also, the prize for the best pitch was a free ticket. What does this ticket involve? You know, so you're paying to go to your local pub to play a game. Was anything else included in the ticket? Was there sort of, you know... It wasn't mentioned. No, no, it wasn't mentioned, was it? I mean, Valentine's Day is notoriously one of the two worst nights to go out or to go out anywhere for dinner for a restaurant. Um, mm. Any ideas what the other one is? Is it a Christmassy one? Mother's Day. All right. Oh. <laughs> We've all seen a mum glowing with happiness because she's got all her family around her at like a Sunday lunch or something, you know, like in a pub. And that's, that could be quite a nice scene, can't it? No. Yeah, I'm talking about from the other side of the kitchen door. Oh, Valentine's no. Day and Mother's Day are terrible days to work. But they're also, I mean, if you go out independent of those two celebrations on those dates, then you're insane. I used to live in um, Twickenham and I, uh, my local pub, I used to get very, very upset at how just how terrible my local pub became on match days. It was absolutely ruined. And I've lived in, lived near loads of different football grounds, like Main Road, Highbury, and the pubs there, yeah, they were a bit more full, but you didn't you didn't have to just, you know, like basically lock yourself indoors. It was so bad when um, Twickenham was, you know, all the drunk rugby fans were spilling out into the streets. And also, who are they going to attract to the pub? Will, will couples flock from around the county to the bull? I think they should gamify what you're saying, Kerry. They basically what you should do is you should say have a game like basically if you spot someone else being romantic, they lose a point. So it's like a competition to see who can be the least <laughs> romantic and most normal. So it's kind of like you know just willfully trying to spot. Well, you did smile at her, you know, and a point. <laughs> just you know, permitted conversations include you know pork pies 
um, you know, I don't know, trout um, um, in trout fishing, you know, etc. Like just oh. just have a nice safe. Just create. This is, that's all sounding quite sexy to me. <laughs> <laughs> There was someone, um, oh, it was Robert on um, Twitter. He put, um, I would rather go to one of Chris and Alice's mediation sessions than any of these Valentine's events at the Bull. And then someone called Marcus replied going, I'm thinking the Bull has its event, live mediation for Chris and Alice. You can, yeah. vote, you can vote on likely answers, like a dystopian Mr. and X Mrs. <laughs> so yes, list six awful things your partner did. Yeah. That was painful, wasn't it, when he was having to conjure up the worst six things? The whole thing seemed a little bit confused. Alice wants to enable him to to get the divorce out of the way. Chris's existential meltdown is just really annoying and boring. And he's mm. basically, he's too stupid for me to want to engage with. So every time I hear him kind of like whining to Harrison about like, it's like, oh, it's just a, it's just a photo album, you wanker. Get over it. Am I being overly harsh? It's like you know, look, you've 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 had to you've had to you know deal with her with her when she was hallucinating hallucinating in the bath about mm-hmm. miscarrying. Why are you shitting the bed over a photo album in an age of digital photography as well? That was a question I was going to ask. I assumed Kerry had rather forensically um, done the dates on that and worked it out, so I didn't bother doing it myself. No, that didn't occur to me at all. But it should have. That is right, isn't it? They'll have them all backed up on Aunt Cloud or something. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was quite tragic, wasn't it? Where um, I think it was, yeah, Karen Eldridge, who's marvellous on Twitter, she put, what a cliffhanger. Man keeps bit of torn photo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, uh, and it didn't even have them on it, did it? It was a picture of the sky and lights of Las Vegas. Anyway, back to whether Chris is too awful to care about. I struggle with that as well. I'm finding his behaviour, he's far too bitter. I think that's the word. I used the word acrimonious on Twitter and someone jumped on me and said, he's not being acrimonious at all. I thought he could happily, well, maybe not happily, he could have waited and just done the separation thing, I think. in having yeah. Listing six awful things about your ex, who's being all right at the moment. And, you know, it will never be a clean break. Loads of people are banging on about, you know, he needs a clean break mentally. They've got to live with each other in separate homes and helping to deal with Martha for many, many, many years. Mm. It it isn't a clean break anyway. You're going to see her practically every day. What's the difference really? And if you're not strong enough mentally to know that it's ended, then you are a fool. What difference does the piece of paper make? He should just be able to, uh, um, I mean, they could always have like a little ceremony or something. If it's that important for him to make some kind of show mm-hmm. of it, get a couple of friends together and say, look, I just, for my own for my own sanity, I just want to sort of like draw a line in the sand so that everyone knows what we're talking about. I mean, if it's yeah. really, if he, if he does need that kind of um, concrete affirmation, then there's other ways of doing it. I mean, maybe that's a bit too airy-fairy. Maybe that's a bit too conscious uncoupling, you know, Gwyneth and Chris. We were joking before we started about how this is going to be a tough week to record because it's been a tough week to listen to. And the main part of that for me has been my total lack of care for Chris. I just don't care what happens to him. Um, I just think he's a bit of a non-character at the moment. Uh, He doesn't have a personality of his own. He's just reacting to Alice. He's just reacting to his daughter. 
he's there's no there's no mm. sense of who he is beyond the um you know the 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 the, the train tracks he's running on yeah because at one point he he said um i need to think about martha's best interests and i thought well dissing her mum by listing her six major faults is perhaps not the best way to do that really is it no it, it, absolutely not mm-hmm. You won't be able to bottle that feeling, you know, like it, yeah. it's it's about, you know, forgive. He's in, in order to forgive her, writing down a list of, you know, vile comments is not going to help in that process, is it? What Martha needs is for as much forgiveness to flow backwards and forwards as possible. Mm. Yeah, amicable dealing with the child between the pair of them. Yeah, my, my parents, um, when my parents got divorced, they made a pact to be you know, to argue as little as possible in front of each other, in front of us, mm. and to be as harmonious as possible. They didn't, they didn't 100% succeed, but I think feel like they did a pretty good job, mm. you know. And but they, but that was the point. That was their that was their focus, and or at least that's how it came across to us anyway. So you know, well done, mum and dad. Yeah, it just sound it sounds a bit odd sometimes when you're thinking actually, Chris, you're being more of a dick than Alice is at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, the idea is that his his anxiety and trauma is forcing him to get it done as soon as possible. And I think Tom didn't really help that with his Kirsty pep talk, did he? Yeah. When they when they were bonding over coffee. What about yeah. our anxiety and trauma, Matthew? What about our anxiety and trauma? I know. Well, we're just forgotten in all of this, aren't we? <laughs> it was an extraordinary week. I did find it very, very difficult as episodes go. To, as a listener and a tweeter sunday monday tuesday oh my god you know tuesday was marginally better than sunday monday what were the good bits what were the bits that you that you at the end what, of across you know, the week yeah leonard oh. and jim as i said that was nice to hear from them i like tom saying that he's producing undercover broad beans yeah <laughs> presume he's working with harrison on that <laughs> yeah um, oh, I didn't realise that Jim is into leather-bound birds. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was um, eye-wateringly revealing. Yeah. With his leather-bound bird book. Jim, Jim and Frank Boff have never been seen in the same room at the same time. <laughs> don't don't say that about Jim. Well, no, no, no. I, I don't want to. I don't want to correct you, Matthew. Because, uh, but I would, in defence of. Jim and Frank Boff. I think Frank Boff was a victim of the prudish times. I don't think he did anything wrong, did he? He was great at his job, yeah. and he was using prostitutes, using to... prostitutes and coke. Like, but it yeah. was, it was, um, it was a, a dominatrix stuff, wasn't it? It wasn't just like he wasn't preying on runaways. He was, you know, yeah, definitely. Like... It was, it was sad. I think. Yeah, I, it, it, I think if it happened now, it would be a bit more like, a, oh God, you know, who, who, who'd have guessed? But, who yeah. doesn't do that? Exactly. (laughs) I suppose you could argue that the three women at the Tempin Bowling, realising that they're unchallenged in their work and studies and wanting to do something about that, perhaps could be a good idea as a plot line. But it was one of those um, sledgehammer metaphor things, wasn't it? Knocking down, which they actually described to help us out, knocking down their problems that were the pins on the lanes of the bowling alley. Did you, I mean, if you, if there's going to be a sisters are doing it for themselves plot line, mm. like maybe the personnel wasn't the right, if you're going to choose a bunch of women to sort of uh, mm. help the audience go on that journey, were they the right characters? 
Well, at least it meant that Phoebe said she feels rewilding, sometimes feels a bit plodding. Yeah. You know, everyone cheered at that, I think. Particularly when she's knee-deep in compost, I think. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if if those women go on and do better things, then that's a good thing, I think. And I didn't mind that it was Alice, Phoebe and Lily, really. Uh, it was good that Lily, um, she's going off to do estate management and Russ knows about this. So it wasn't one of those where, oh, when Russ finds out, it's all going to go wrong. Yeah. And it's much more, it's much less difficult to have an affair with a tree than it is with a um, taut bodied young <laughs> colleague at your call centre. I'm sure there's been a Channel 5 documentary about people who've married trees. And... Have you ever been to Glastonbury? <laughs> <laughs> um, there was one little Easter egg in that Tempin Bowling story where the, the girls were all talking about, you know, what they were going to do with their lives. Did you notice when they talked about Phoebe meeting up with her tutor group? Before yeah. Christmas. Salim or Sal- Salil. Yes. Yes. And it was very strange the way she reacted. So Lily said, what, your tr- tr- uh, tutor group, like Salil and those guys? She went, um, yeah, he might have been there. And I thought, yeah. eh, that's a bit funny, isn't it? Particularly as well, mm. Phoebe said she couldn't do Friday and then sa- didn't say why. <gasps> so is Salil Sol? Yes. And therefore Lily knows Sol. Yeah. Knows Phoebe knows Sol and is Phoebe seeing Sol and is that going to be a problem? Yes, Matthew. I think all of those things, definitely. Matthew, I mean, now that Harris is becoming a vicar, there's actually a vacancy for the policeman in the village. You, I give it a you, shot. Do, do, they, do they throw the, the wife in as well? <laughs> yeah, he probably wouldn't notice if you sort of moved in and were banging her, to be honest. <laughs> as, long as, have, as long as the mother-in-law doesn't sing at the wedding. <laughs> Why do yeah. we have to pretend that um, Kenton's obviously got some kind of um, soft country Stockholm syndrome, isn't he? Because he just always goes on about how what a wonderful entertainer Jolene is. Why is Why isn't Jolene singing at the ball then? I because didn't understand. they can't afford her. That's what she said. Well, that's ridiculous, isn't it? Yes. I can't even be bothered to tear that apart. <laughs> she was shit anyway at singing. Um, her advice, to, her advice to Fallon that uh, this might just be a phase for Harrison. She said it might be like uh, what were the other phases she likened wanting to get baptized. She said it, it was like getting a leather racket and a tennis jacket or something. <laughs> leather racket. No, that's, other that's, a that's, tennis racket and a leather jacket. That's Jim again with his leather racket. Mm. and his leather-bound <laughs> Sorry, I got those mixed up there. They sound similar. <laughs> Not leather racket. Mm. Oh, God. Is that the right way around now? I don't know. Yeah, yeah it was, it's all a bit strange, isn't it, this week? I mean, I think we... I Did you not notice we were getting sympathy from listeners to the pod? Yes. What, that we have to actually listen to it a lot of times and talk about it? <laughs> yes. Yeah. I think there was loads of tweet tweet alongers were feeling the same about what on earth is happening this week. What a strange someone made a good point that they thought maybe this had been written and acted around Christmas time when no one could really be bothered much or were drunk. Jazzers broke as well. Yeah, I didn't like how he was very, very casual about not paying Jim the rent and was just like Oh, you'll get it when I get paid. And even Tracy said he needs to lay off asking you for that. 
I thought, God, poor Jim, he's lovely and has looked after you and you can't, you didn't have the courtesy to say you're going to be late with the rent and don't seem that apologetic. The layers of ingratitude. Um, oh, yeah, I haven't paid for the rent because I've been too busy, um, you know, gallivanting and buying stuff for my new new family. Oh, by the way, the rent that I'm paying for the place you built me. Yeah. Yeah. It's not even like it's not even it's like a spare room or something. It's a whole granny annex that was built for mm. him. I don't understand why he's so I mean they did say about the Christmas presents, the leather bound bird book and he'd bought Tracy a necklace with green stones. Does that mean they were emeralds? Was <laughs> has Jas actually gone that far and he bought her a of an oven, was it? An oven. Yeah. Yeah. Um I don't know. And then the ridiculous thing about writing down your incomings and outgoings in a notebook, including, you know, a Mars bar at the shop or whatever he threw the receipt away for. How old is he? Yeah, I mean, I did. I got to admit, I did listen to all of this um, mm -hmm. with a certain amount of guilt, thinking oh, I'm not very I'm a bit of a jazzer myself. <laughs> oh, Peter, really? Uh, yeah. You love stationery. Surely you've got a lovely book that you can write. Your oh, I love buying little books and pens, Kerry. Absolutely. 100 mm. percent. Filling them out like a proper grown up person. Not so much. Um, no, mm. I, I but yeah, I, I've never done a budget in my entire life. Oh I've never God. when I start to get skint, I, I spend less. And when I but yeah, I um I did I did listen to it thinking I can't I probably can't be too judgmental about this. Oh, right. I'm really, really bad. I'm really forensic with that. I have a spreadsheet that I look at every day. And... I, there was no need for you to tell me that whatsoever. <laughs> but, but, but that might be because I've got less money than you. I don't know. It could be. No, uh, but no, I'd, I'd say I think I think as we were talking the other day about um, Kerry and I were uh, having a chat, Matthew, about like about kids and about like cause often I talk to Kerry about, you know, what, you know, like get advice on parenting and stuff. And and one of the things I was talking about was like, if I'd had a kid at the age Kerry had had, like the change it would have had to my personality, just like the huge effect having a kid's had on me in the last two and a half years. So if you've had to bring kids up for 20 years, I think it just, yeah, it just gives you that sort of. Yeah. Um, Mainly on my own as well. Yeah, yeah I suppose so. You know, you, just, you don't have a choice. The kid, children are such a, they don't improve you or make you a different person. They just don't give you any choice. They remove choices, don't they? Mm. It's like you but have I, to do stuff. But I do love a spreadsheet as well. So. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> and, and changing the colours and doing the sums on it and stuff. You and I need to have a, a, um, a very tedious and long chat about that, Kerry. I need okay. some, we need to, what we need to basically do some barter skill sets. I'll teach you some computer stuff and you can t teach me how to use spreadsheets. It's a deal. Can I watch? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, only if you wank. I was about to say wankception. Um Matthew wanking to videos of him wanking to us. Oh god, I was I was hoping that would get edited out and now you've referenced it again. Oh, it can't get edited out. Yeah, I, I don't take responsibility for that idea. Like I said, it was it's all at the it's all at the uh it that's all in the mind of Bear Hackenbush and Bugs and Drugs. Matthew, Matthew the rules are very, very clear. The pod rules. I will edit out any of your racism, anti-Semitism and sexism. We all know that. And it takes me a while, you know, but not, you know, not, not sexy stuff. We'll keep that in. That's okay. And we edit out the bits where you cry for 10 minutes. So it's all. Yeah, exactly. All yeah. We've all got a, uh, um, and, and also, unfortunately, the, um, the uh, Jeffrey Epstein style NDAs mean we can't even mention the stuff we um, have to edit out. <laughs> yeah. so, you know, it's a, I, I actually have to sail a ship into international waters to do the edit. Let's put it that way. 
Oh, by the way, I on the back of what Kerry was saying last week, I watched a few videos of Elizabeth Holmes. Oh, oh right. How was that? Blimey, her voice. Yeah. She's very arresting, like in her appearance, isn't she? Like she's yep. very, she's uh, very attractive. But then she opens her mouth, and I'm like, is she a cyborg? Yeah. She's very. T- Sorry, Matthew. Very attractive. She's she's the American Katie Hopkins. It's all it's all slap and it's all slap and hairspray, isn't it? Well, I've wa- I've watched a video on my phone. Maybe I haven't focused in enough. She might be she might be a thumbnail hottie. I think. Like, you know. Yeah, but but lots of the people who actually did encounter her in business deals, they do remark upon her beguiling um, appearance. Oh, I will have you know, Katie Hopkins is six months younger than me. <laughs> yeah, she's um she forgot to put she's she did the painting in the attic the wrong way around, didn't he? Didn't she? <laughs> Maybe, yeah. or just being a hateful shite ages you. Off topic, veering. I don't want to go back to the archers, Terry. Don't make me go back to the archers. <laughs> yeah, no. Well, I was just going to ask, uh, which I think might taste a bit like jizz, but um, <laughs> bubble tea. Have you ever had one? Kerry, in knows what jizz tastes like, shocker. Um, ah. well, <laughs> um, well, inferred, Kerry, inferred. Um, mm. I've never had bubble tea, um, so I couldn't comment. You're supposed to have sort of tapioca pearls in it or something there are various um for instance like obviously the way they cut up chicken in parts of asia they you know like the the um if you eat chicken in asia where i I lived there briefly you know you need to get used to the fact that the the gristle and the skin and the bone they're all part of the kind of sensory experience and some of the you know and then like some of the you know some anyway basically the thing with bubble tea is the blocker for me is i think the texture exactly i just couldn't yeah. i don't think i could ever be down with that mm. that's kind of why i brought up jizz but well i didn't literally bring it up <laughs> i'm good we're going back to how we're going back to jim's pitch when he said dancing and fallon clarified by saying as in strictly come <laughs> <laughs> maybe they can have bubble tea at jim's strictly I, come hello welcome to kerry's tea or jizz um go into the booth um, <laughs> <laughs> it's like the pepsi challenge but you know yeah. Can wrong. you tell the difference? Very, very wrong. <laughs> if one of them tastes of lye cheese, it's it's not the jizz. I've not had bubble tea, but I've been sat next to somebody in Dublin sampling it for the first time, and I'd have to say that the person trying it, anything outside of a normal cup of tea, and probably it would have to be Barry's, would have freaked them out, and they tried it. And after about, I could see like there was a lot of um, you know, gymnastics in the mouth, and I said, "What's going on?" They're like. These balls are just going round and round in my mouth. Don't well, know there you go. Way. So I, I've never tried it, but the the flavour that they had on offer, what, what did Alice go for? Do you remember? I, I think I heard yeah. it. It was elephant sparkles and, <laughs> and bubbles and lye cheese. Ah, okay. Well, it sounded like elephant sparkles. How um, sorry, to, sorry to be a part of the London metropolitan elite, but how prevalent is it across the country? Because my I've got to go to the door, lads. Carry on speaking whilst I let a cardo man in. Okay. Thank you. Um, Are you going to ask me? Well, I'm the wrong person to ask that question, Peter. Even though that you live in a different country, you have landed in an airport and travelled through the shires in a way I haven't for a long, long time. But more importantly, Matthew, what is in Kerry's Ocado delivery this week, do you reckon? Um, I reckon a load of uh, just add water bubble tea sachets. Or just what do you think? Everything's just add water now. Just add water sausage rolls, just add water um, um, ham hocks. 
um, like a whole, like basically she's preparing for a mission to space. She's watched Don't Look Up um, and she's, you know, ready to go and terraform another planet. Where do you fall on the Don't Look Up debate? It seems to have divided people. Uh, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a world where um, the, the masked singer, Love Island, um, The Witcher, uh, any amount, oh, bloody Game of Thrones, any of this shite is, you know, lauded as good entertainment. I think Don't Look Up is a fantastic piece of, um, you know, um, drama. Uh, I, it's not the best thing I've ever seen, but, you know, at least you can see some care and thought went into it. It, You know, it was well-structured. There was, you know, um, some very heavily signposted, but quite, you know, laudable um, aims that underpin the whole thing. But yeah, I enjoyed it. What about you? I really enjoyed it. I didn't realise it was causing so much debate. It It landed on Netflix when I was over in the UK at Christmas and... We attempted to watch it over there, but didn't. Watched it when we got back. Just thought it was really quite funny, but also, you know, hit the nail on the head a bit. Most of the people I saw coming out from the media and the news that were complaining about it were probably far too close to the Kate Blanchett type yeah. character to understand that this actually this movie was actually about them. And no, I didn't. I, I liked it. And there seems to be a, an attitude that if you enjoyed it it was a little bit too simplistic and I don't really see that. I think it was a, a very good observation on how people probably would behave. The only other thing that I'd say is I don't think we'd even get that much information if it was really happening. I think Leo and Leo and uh, Jennifer would be uh, being poured into a barrel somewhere if they were trying to go on news yeah. and share it with the nation. I'm back uh, now. Uh, oh, we, we were talking about don't look up Kerry. Oh, I heard you mention Kate Blanchett, and I had a roast dinner with her once. Really? Oh, I saw that on yeah. your Twitter, yeah. You said that she was getting smashed into the roast potatoes. Yeah, she was pregnant. She was with her husband and was really ploughing into the roast potatoes in a lovely little pub in Kemptown one Sunday, many years ago. Mm. Yeah, oh, she's very nice. very nice. She's lovely. Well, she seemed lovely in that <laughs> very brief encounter I had with right. her. I, I can't remember. It was no, it wasn't Kate Blanche. It was Jane Horrocks. I um, used to live near. It's always seeing Jen. Anyway, you can yeah. see why I thought you know there was a vague confusion in my brain. Yeah. Have you met a famous blonde person, Matthew? Yeah, Kurt Cobain. You didn't. I did. Didn't I tell you this? No. I went to see Hole, Courtney Love's band in Newport, mm. in, just before Christmas when I was about seventeen, and he was stood behind me on the bench, so I got. A, couple of photos of him have you can you yeah and, and i got, got his got still? yeah of course yeah i've shared them on twitter before i've got i got oh. him to sign an autograph for my mum as well oh that's good <laughs> oh please share those again if you can dig them out i will yeah legend has it is this legendary uh club club called tj's in newport and legend has it that's where he proposed to courtney love ah so all the trouble started there. Yeah. Oh dear. <laughs> so mm. Kerry, we were uh, we mm. were um, having a little um, think about what you might have in your basket. Um, okay. Uh, how would you sum it up? Well, because I'm going to Seville on Monday, um, it's shopping mainly for my kids for the week ahead. And my son has got a personal trainer recently. So there's loads of really healthy stuff in there, like brown rice and steak and <laughs> uh, no alcohol. 
Oh, no, but yeah. well, sorry. I feel quite guilty now. <laughs> Just remind me, when are you going to be off? I am flying out on Monday morning, early Monday, and I return Friday. I'll be back in the UK lunchtime Friday. So, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, you just got you got a little snippet of about a few minutes of the kind of absolute dross that Matthew and I will be turning out next week. <laughs> um, so look forward to that. You know, we might have we might have better material to work with next week. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I really um, hope the Archers is better next week for you two. Honestly, let's, ho- let's hope we can do next week. We can do what Scobie does and hammer out a big number. Um, Matthew and I always have um, Highlander to fall back on if we, you know, we really get desperate. Mm-hmm. So that's our that's our, our pulling case of emergency. So, um, guys, if people want to um, help me and Matthew out and to send us some topics over the next week, uh, where will they go? Twitter is at the Cider Shed Pod. So please um, join in the lovely, lovely, funny tweet along there. Still growing in numbers. Everyone there is amazingly funny and witty. And also, please do continue to put those five-star reviews on our um, podcast, wherever you find your podcast listening pleasure, Um, because they're coming in thick and fast as well. Yeah, we've got our Instagram, which is the same as Twitter, at the Cider Shed Pod. And we have a Facebook group, which is the Cider Shed Podcast. We had a few... um, topics from last week and this week pop up uh benedict got on the whole amy homegirl shade bandwagon and that that kicked off a is that is that uh, benedict uh, prothero yeah that kicked off a lively debate he's very funny isn't he yeah and my aunt mary got in touch to to appreciate the the, the slagging off of Trace's old oven having a reverse gear and food coming out colder than it's gone in, which if, you, if you've ever lived in dodgy rented accommodation, you'll relate to that. Um, we, we need um, we need Aunt Mary. Maybe we, we need Aunt Mary to send us a, uh, um, a message, I think. Well, I tell you what, she won't let me near her oven. It's so it, – she, uh, she, she deems me a little – I think chefs are considered to be quite uh, destructive in the kitchen because they always think uh, – kitchen porter is coming behind you to do the cleaning so <laughs> I, i'm i'm reduced to carving whenever i go there for christmas that's the that's the that's the end of the table job that's the big job that's the you know the el jefe job yeah i guess I, I'm, I'm happy to do that well as someone who's just plumbed in a washing machine matthew that is oh. your rightful place at the table yes yeah i did actually send a video to someone after i'd done that and then i just went man stuff and then realized the laundry door was open and the person in the apartment opposite was kind of looking across at me i mean the the weak callow testosterone free matthew of yesteryear is gone now and replaced with this kind of (laughs) hulking um capable man beast it's quite impressive matthew yeah well as i said i've got the got i've got the weekend um all to myself this weekend so i'm just going to spend it out in the woods foraging i think (laughs) uh well kerry have a fantastic time abroad um you know spreading our sovereignty far and wide Mm -hmm. um and uh yeah guys thank you so much as always and um yeah we'll see you next week well two of us will yeah see you in two weeks a little bit browner hopefully okay see ya bye